Hello and welcome to today's episode of In The Still. I am your host, Madeline, and today's episode is a solo recording with myself. So I decided to do a solo episode because we are now four episodes, this will be our fifth episode in, and I thought it was a good time to introduce myself a little bit more if you don't know me or my story, and yeah, this is quite a vulnerable um, share, I guess, about my life, what I did before I had my business, Auric Alchemy, and just a lot of behind the scenes and how I run my business, what I've learned, the highs and lows, um, things from cash flow, how how I manage that to marketing and really just a bit of a ramble of uh, everything that I get asked on Instagram quite often. So I hope it's really helpful for you. And if you do have any questions, you know, you can always send me a DM on Instagram. I actually have now created my own page for the podcast and that is over on in the still underscore podcast so that's where I'm going to be posting everything in the still related and yeah that way you guys can find me there and it's everything that you need to know from past episodes as well as current ones I just wanted to also say a huge thank you for the support that I've received from you so far it's been really amazing and yeah, it's just a journey that is a whole new world to me of podcasting. It's very different to anything else I've done before. So again, thank you for listening and let's get into this solo episode. So where do we begin? I guess let's go all the way back to university days. So when I was 17, I got accepted to do a Bachelor of Health Science in Nutritional Medicine. Uh, so I moved from, I'm from Tasmania, and I moved to Melbourne to do that. You can probably hear a plane going overhead, but you know, that's life. And um, I did two years of that, and I did enjoy the science aspect of it, but I didn't really feel that I wanted to be in a job where I was working one-on-one with people. There was something about that for me at that time. I just realized that it wasn't quite the path for me. So I took a bit of time off probably, I think I took half a year off. So like another six months, like I finished at the end of the term, the first term or what is it? Trimester with university. This is like 10 years ago. Um, but Yeah, I suffered from pretty terrible anxiety the whole time I lived in Melbourne. It was a huge transition for me living in a city versus where I'd come from, not knowing a lot of people, partying a lot and just, yeah, living a lifestyle that when I look back just really didn't work for my body or my my mind. So I decided randomly to relocate to Sydney, which ended up being Bondi, which I'd never been to before. And I didn't, I think I knew one person in Sydney. So it was a bit of a clean slate. And I won't bore you with all of the details of my entire twenties, but I had a couple of jobs in Bondi, um, one of which being managing a health food store in Bondi Junction, which I really loved. It was, it was so weird the way I ended up in that job. It's a long story, but, um, it really changed the whole path of my life. Really. I wasn't interested in health before then. Um, didn't have a great relationship with health. I didn't really treat my body that well. But interestingly enough, the week that I moved to Bondi, I just intuitively decided to go off the pill, which I'd been on since I was 14, 
And I'd also been on low dose antidepressants to manage my anxiety when I was living in Melbourne. And I also stopped taking those obviously with the advice of my doctor and things like that. And so I guess for me, I was starting to just open up a different path in my life where I wanted to get more in touch with myself and moving by the ocean was, wow, that was like total medicine for the soul for me. I'd never lived near the beach and yeah, it was just a really different experience. I found myself waking up earlier, going down to meditate by the beach before work and I was swimming like most of the year in the ocean and yeah, just, it really just changed the course of my life to where I am now. And I think helped me discover who I really was and what really worked for me. I ended up being sober, I guess you would say. I just pretty much just didn't engage in drinking or partying or anything like that. And I'd also by this point was 24, maybe nearly 25. So I think for me personally, I was just growing out of that phase of my life and yeah, started doing yoga, all of the things that I love. And then I ended up leaving that job after a year because I decided to leave Sydney. It was just so expensive. All of my money was going on rent and living in a tiny apartment. There were just things about it that just didn't feel sustainable. So I was there for two years, just under two years. Um, after that, I went to India for a couple of months and then ended up moving to Byron Bay and I was in Byron for another two years. So I've moved around a lot. And for me, my twenties were really, a lot of people I knew were traveling, but for me, it was more trying to find belonging where I was living. So I, yeah, moved around a lot. And Byron was an interesting experience for me because I felt like, I don't know, I really found it difficult to feel comfortable there. And that's probably not the story that you usually hear, but it is a very trendy place. There are a lot of cliques and not in bad ways, but I just felt like I couldn't quite find, I had a lot of friends. It's probably the main place I've lived where I've met so many incredible people and had a lot of friends, but I never really quite found a group that I felt. And look, to be honest, maybe that's just I don't know that I've ever really been like a pack mentality kind of person. I'm a bit of a loner and yeah, do my own thing. But, um, the last almost year I was at a travel agency, which was based online and a hugely successful agency. So it was very busy and yeah, very stressful. And, but it was good for me at the time because it was the first nine to five job I could find in Byron. There's a lot of casual work there and a lot of part-time and seasonal and things like that. So I was really grateful to have that opportunity to earn a bit of money, pay off any debt and just kind of get ahead. And it was while I was working there, probably in the last couple of months that I started to feel like I needed to move on. And I was starting to feel a bit burnt out that I just had this idea for Auric Alchemy, which at the time had no name. It was just an idea of, I had this basket that I used to carry to work every day with you know, my big glass drink bottle and my lunch and everything in it. And people at work would tease me because they were like, what's in there today? It was just like this bottomless pit of essential oils and crystals and just random things that admittedly I don't carry around as much anymore. But um, at that point in my life, I was really into a lot of different things like that. So I thought to myself, like I was applying essential oils topically and 
I didn't mind that, but I was like, I always liked sprays of perfumes, like spraying a room or spraying my car and just environments, even like at my work desk. So yeah, I basically had the idea at that point. There weren't really, there's quite a lot of brands now, but this is almost four years ago that I had the idea. So, um, you know, even Instagram looked different then there were less products and things like that. So I was looking around in the health food stores and other kind of little apothecary stores in Byron and online. And yeah, I just couldn't really find sprays that I really liked the smell of being so sensitive to smell that they were either just really pungent or just too strong because essential oils can be really intense, even though they're natural, they're, they're very concentrated. So yeah, I started journaling, just writing it down. Like, I wonder if I could create something that I could carry around and infuse it with crystals. And I started doing a bit of research and I started out with liquid crystals, which were really expensive at the time. So I wasn't really sure, I guess the best way to utilize those. So I did a few trials with those and then moved on to infusing the water, which I'd been reading about, um, on a few blogs and things like that. So yeah, basically taking it back. So I had the idea around the end of 2016 and I left that job in January, the end of January, 2017. So basically my plan was to take probably a month off. I'd had a bit of savings and just really work out what it is that I wanted to do. I didn't really want to be in a call center anymore and just take the rest of the summer really, or another month or so to really think about this business idea that I had and yeah, just decide where I was going next. But that all didn't really go to plan how I thought it would at all whatsoever. I basically decided to move to the Gold Coast with my partner at the time. And that was a really positive move for me. I felt like I'd had my time in Byron and there weren't really opportunities there that I wanted to pursue anymore. And um, to be honest, I was a little bit bored. It's a very, very small town. So coming up to the south end of the Gold Coast, I had a house up in the hinterland. And yeah, it was just a really nice change of scenery for me. But within probably a week of moving to the Gold Coast, I that was probably when I started getting the symptoms I now know as chronic fatigue. I thought I was just burnt out from the job and also 2016, the last six months of that year were incredibly stressful and somewhat traumatic in my personal life. So I knew that there were things not quite right in my body. I wasn't feeling very well. I was extremely exhausted and just were getting a lot of random symptoms. Like it would change day to day. It was in that very, which is what happens for a lot of people that in that initial stage of a health crisis, you often get like very random, a lot of varied symptoms. It's just a bit of everything. So it was really difficult for me to pinpoint what was actually going on. And I just thought I needed to rest. So I just left it for a few more weeks, a few more weeks after that, and really couldn't do much. I was just going for swims and just taking it really slowly and sort of enjoying what I thought was being on holidays essentially. And little did I know that I actually, in my brain, I thought, oh, I'll go and get another job up here. Um, you know, in a few weeks and little did I know that really life was guiding me to work for myself full time because that's what's ended up happening. 
So there was a lot of resistance in me of going and finding another job, but then my health was getting in the way of that anyway. So there was quite a lot going on for me. And I, I, yeah, like I said, I didn't really know what to make of it. I was having acupuncture and a couple of things, but nothing was really giving me, I guess, any relief. But in hindsight, I was actually terrified of everything I was feeling in my body. I was definitely ignoring it to an extent. And yeah, that was a coping mechanism as I realize now that's quite common when you are going through something quite intense in your body. It is quite um, common to yeah go into that defense mechanism of denial. So I just kept pushing through and didn't really have any commitments and I was running out of money. I didn't have a lot of savings. So in the end, very randomly, I made the decision to move home to Tasmania, which is where I'm from. And I hadn't lived there for over 10 years. So that was a big decision. And really at the time, I didn't really know what was guiding me to do that. It was just like a, an intuitive gut feeling. So I did that. And that was really, for me, 2017, I, I moved back to Tasmania in the April. And little did I know that that entire year was going to be a complete write-off with me emotionally, mentally, physically. I would call that my rock bottom moment, I suppose. Um, It went for nearly a whole year. But yeah, so Auric Alchemy had started. I launched it in the April that I moved home and it really was just you know, the website, I had, I think one or two stockists maybe, but the orders were pretty tiny. And to be honest, I didn't really have any orders coming in for the first six months really. But I look back now and think that would have been different if I was in a different space. And that's why I find it difficult to, I guess, advise other people how to start their business and everything, because my business ended up being the thing that I needed to keep me on track emotionally, mentally, even spiritually, in a sense, while I was going through a really traumatically different, difficult time in my life. So yeah, the way I came into business is, I guess, different to what I was seeing on Instagram or hearing on podcasts of people quitting their jobs and you know, throwing all of their money and energy, staying up till 2am just to get it done. Like I was only able to function for at this point, probably half an hour a day. So kind of just ticking away and giving me something that I could focus on. Yeah. That kind of got me out of my own head, but I wouldn't say the business really got going until middle of 2018. So a bit over a year after I had launched I started to get more orders. I had moved into a new house back up on the Gold Coast. Sorry, I forgot to say that. I was back in Tassie for about 10 months and decided that also for my health, there are a lot of incredible practitioners on the Gold Coast that aren't available in Tasmania. And I just knew that I'd have the lifestyle back up here by the ocean and, you know, missed friends and the lifestyle. So decided to come back up. And at this point I was still really sick, really bedridden, no answers from anything and just waiting and seeing. And then in 2018, once I moved back up in about May, I started with a new naturopath and a functional doctor and slowly began the process very slowly of getting some answers and still not really getting any progress, but 
really starting that journey for me of uncovering what was going on. And that was, that is something I'm still doing today in 2020. So it's been two years really of um, discovering and trying new protocols and having awful side effects from different things and having progress and going to therapy and doing all of the things, a lot of appointments and most of the money, honestly, from Auric Alchemy that has come in has gone towards my health. So yeah, it's difficult for me to kind of, I guess, sum it up how the journey went because I felt like for me it was it's been very stop start stop start because I would have a bit of progress in my health and I'd be able to work more and then I would have a bad couple of months and then the business would just kind of tick away and go on hold again so I guess for me like in sharing my story the reason I wanted to share it is because I think there are so many incredible ways that you can come to having a business and I really don't buy into the idea that you have to be ready you have to have money I literally was on Centrelink and scraping the barrel with money when I started this business that I was making to order so someone would order maybe a wholesaler would order 10 bottles and I would order maybe 20 from the supplier like as the smallest that I could order and that all I could afford whereas now we're buying 200 bottles at a time, you know, so it's very different now. So yeah, when I go back to 2018, I started to get a bit busier and I was still making everything myself just down in the garage in my share house at the time. And then this is when I met my now partner, Keegan, and it was crazy as soon as we met that everything in my life just expanded. And I think I felt so supported that I really felt that I could grow the business. And he then obviously came on this health journey with me because I was very deep in it at this stage. And so I feel like there's so many tangents I could go on because it is all interlinked. This is the thing about when you own your own business, there's not really a separation between life, relationships, health, business, it is all intertwined. So it's probably, it would probably be easier if someone was interviewing me and they had (laughs) set questions, but I thought I'd just ramble and see where it goes. So yeah, 2018, I think we had about 15 stockists, which was huge for us. And then we, I say we, me, I, (laughs) myself, slowly started to just consistently get wholesale orders. So wholesale is probably about 70% of our business, which is again, different for everybody. Um, Essentially, that means that my products are sold at a wholesale price to online stockists or physical stores. So by the end of 2018, I think we had about 20 consistent stockists, which was really amazing. And I was starting to struggle a bit with how many orders we were getting. So it went into 2019 and then I did the first half of 2019. I'm just trying to remember. Yeah. So this is when I first hired my friend Caitlin to come in and she was doing just a few hours a week, like three hours a week. And that was a huge turning point for me It was like the letting go of control that I can't do everything basically, which is a huge thing for most people that own their business. We're usually control freaks and like to do everything ourselves because then we know it gets done the way we want it to. So 
I can give you the little tip now that that's just not, that is only going to hold your business back. My business was bursting at the seams to a point where I couldn't really take on more orders, but I wasn't making enough money to live off it in a way that I wanted to. So the next answer for me was a friend of mine needed some work. So she was studying to be a naturopath. She came in and then since then I've had a few different employees. Um, it's hard because I don't, I haven't really had necessarily consistent people because I have only been able to offer them a few hours. So they'll either have other jobs or actually two of them have become mums since then, which is so incredible to have watched that whole journey of them changing into that other path in their life. But fast forward to where we are now, I suppose. And we moved into a warehouse about three months ago, which was another big pivotal moment for the business. I've been working from home this entire time, mostly for my health reasons so that I could work for an hour and then go and rest for the rest of the day. And, you know, at my worst, I couldn't drive anywhere. So to be able to drive to a warehouse or anything like that was just not feasible and also financially. So I was really lucky. I found a warehouse on, um, through Facebook, through a business group. And I just have like one quarter of the warehouse that I'm leasing out. So if you are in a position, even if you have a business where you want to grow, like put things out on like Facebook business groups, like mine was like a Gold Coast girls in business group. And due to COVID, she was needing a new tenant. So And it was a much more affordable option than I was looking through real estate agents and commercial leases were just so expensive for really crap spaces. So yeah, now we're in a warehouse and we have about 30 stockists. I would say once we had that boom that we've stayed pretty consistent, which for me, it's like being consistent growth as well. We've added on new stockists that are bigger accounts and some of our smaller accounts from when we were first starting out, um, no longer buy from us because they're either quite, unfortunately, quite a few businesses don't survive in the climate that we're in even pre COVID. So yeah, now we have about 30 stockists and our online store is a much larger focus for where I am at with the goals of bringing in more, more business direct to our website. So my journey to business I've really definitely wrapped it up into like a small amount of time. But my biggest takeaways, I think, from my path so far is not getting caught up in feeling like you have to be on all the time. You have to be perfect. You have to be feeling amazing. Like those are all incredible things to aim for. And I I am working towards that in myself. But there are going to be times in your life, whether you're a parent and you've got small children who are needing you or a health crisis or a relationship breakdown or forming, or there's so many things. And I've kind of come to realize that there is no perfect time. And I know it sounds so cliche because in our minds, we think there will just be this perfect time that I'll just have this idea and everything will just roll out. But my biggest test in my business is how I run it and how I keep it going when things aren't going well in my own life. And obviously then when things are going well in my life and it's crazy, abundant and busy and, you know, all of those things. So my biggest turning point for our business was hiring someone and that has changed. The fear that I had was that I wouldn't be able to pay someone, which is the most common fear in all small business because cash flow is the, is probably the most difficult aspect of growth in a business. And as we were growing faster than 
we really or I could really keep up with. Hiring someone, I think our sales went up threefold in two months, which was insane. And it was kind of like I'd said to the universe, okay, I'm supported. I'm ready. I'm here. So let's kind of open up the channels and allow the newness to flow in. And honestly, that's exactly what happened. And any time when I've felt contracted, like small in myself, like I haven't felt supported or I'm not asking for help, then business slows down. It is actually so crazy how I've watched this happen quite a few times in the ups and downs of the business. And as soon as I reach out for help or put something into place that will streamline things, then the sales come back in. So it's obviously not always like that, but there's definitely a huge relationship, I think, to your mental state and what you're willing to allow into your business because success is just as terrifying as failure. And that's such a, it's kind of like a funny way to look at it. But I think the personal growth that I've gone through in the last few years has been more to do with having success and making money for the first time in my life independently And yeah, really having a business that has sustained itself, even when I've wanted to give up about a hundred times, there's been three definite times in the business where I've gone, I'm going to sell it or close it down. And I think that now that I know to almost expect those, I don't take them as seriously as my mind did at first, where I just thought it's actually usually when I'm on the brink of growth and I'm terrified of what that will be or if I can do it. So now I just kind of know to expect those moments of like crazy self-doubt and I just really ride through them and also ask myself, where can I get more support? What can I put in place to make this growth and expansion less scary and also more enjoyable because I don't think it has to be this process that's really grinding and hustling and I'm just honestly quite bored with that rhetoric of you don't have a life when you have a business. It's all you do. It's all you think about. And yes, there are aspects where like, I'm always kind of thinking about the business, but it's also, I realize that that's kind of coming from a place of fear and lack. And when I surrender and let go a bit and go and have a life and go and focus on myself and integrate all the things I talk about, about self-care, then my business flourishes so much more than when I'm sitting obsessing over it. And that is a huge lesson for me as a highly busy brained person, even in the depths of chronic fatigue, I, when my body has been tired, my brain tends to still be quite busy. So I'm often thinking about new ideas, but really understanding the timing of things and slowing them down to a point where you're going to give them the time they need to be created and launched in a way that makes sense and are not just reactive to maybe a slow month in sales or higher demand and things like that, um, really taking that time for myself to check in massively impacts my business as well. So something else I get asked about is how did I afford to do the business? And really, I think I touched on it briefly before, but as I mentioned, I was on Centrelink, which was about 600 and something a fortnight. Honestly, I had no money. And fortunately, my parents were supporting me for some of my medical costs because I had a lot of them. And my Centrelink was basically going towards just paying my rent and food. So yeah, I was, as I said, I would basically 
wait until someone paid an invoice or ordered something and then order the smallest amount of stock that I could. And it's really just very slowly built from there to the point where I'm still, I don't hold unnecessary stock on hand still, which I'm learning now I need to buy a bit more because of how consistently busy we are. And also just waste wise and spending that money, there's no point if it's just going to sit on the shelf if your orders are inconsistent still because you're small and growing, you don't have to go and spend all your money just to have it sitting there just in case. Because I've learned to just communicate with my stockists and suppliers like, hey, yep, we're just waiting on this. It's going to be two weeks. And if they really want it, they'll wait. Because if you are making a handmade product or you're a small business, which I'm assuming a lot of you are, then you have to also honor the process of handmade, honor the process of small business and don't try and operate it like it's some huge empire, fast fashion where everything's always available. Everything's always cheap. Everything's always on sale or having sales all the time and discounts. And, you know, we have maybe two sales a year because I just don't believe in that mentality of always putting things on sale, which is really difficult because in my experience, a lot of people expect sales a lot and it's hard to give into that pressure of but I need the cash flow if people buy some things then I can buy more stock and all of those things but trust me if you value your product you don't need to put it on sale all the time that's a whole other thing so yeah cash flow just do what you can as you can and keep your communication lines open with your customers as well and I find that that's the best way to do things you don't need to dive in head first, in my opinion, just let it unfold as it wants to. And there are a lot of good small business grants through the government as well. Um, There's the NICE program, which is through Centrelink. I found, well, actually the NICE program didn't approve me because my product was in inverted commas too alternative. And so I didn't get that, (laughs) but um, Yeah. And they wanted me to change aspects of the branding and stuff. So I didn't go down that road, but I know quite a lot of people that have, and they will basically pay you to develop your business. And then with small grants, with um, small business grants through the government, there are quite a lot, but again, they're quite um, strict and can be a bit of a process to get, but hundred percent look into it because it's, it depends on your industry and what you're doing. So yeah. And now we are here today three and a half years on and things are always changing. Obviously now having this podcast, that's another part of the business that's opened up. And yeah, I think I'm just always learning and evolving. And I'm actually just put on Instagram last night that we are going to start a, I guess you would call it like an apothecary. I haven't fully decided on the name yet for, um, the website where I've just decided that I would really love to open up space for other small businesses in the home wellness self-care space um, to yeah, sell their products and bring those to you guys as well. So that's another iteration of the business expanding and I'm just going with what comes to mind. I think intuition is a huge part of running a business and to follow that I've learned to trust myself a lot more and also to take breaks when I'm uninspired and just go and recharge my batteries. So everyone does things differently. And I think the biggest thing is to just stay in your own lane. There are going to be, I know people who just absolutely thrive on 
the 24-7 go, go, go thing and that 100% works for them and they have huge success in that. But that's their body, that's their mind, that's their personality type that that works for them. I tried to do that and it honestly that's how I ended up with chronic fatigue in a nutshell. Obviously there were a lot of other factors but the way that I ran myself into the ground when I worked in other people's businesses taught me that when I have a business, I cannot and will not compromise myself in order to get more followers, get more sales, whatever that end goal is, make more money, because I am living, breathing proof that you can have a balanced life and still make money and still have a business you love. And still to me, success feels like the fact that I do have the freedom Freedom is a big core value for me to be able to pivot and create new things whenever I feel like it. And yeah, that's something for me that success comes back to is the fact that I have that sovereignty over my own life path. And that's a huge, I think having your own business is a huge lifestyle choice as well. You can 100% run your own business and never have a day off and be I don't know, in that mindset of the hustle, or you can hundred percent run your business because you want to go travel whenever you want, or you want more freedom and more time with your children or whatever that might be. Like it's completely up to you. You are in the driver's seat of your business, nobody else. And I think when the best way to do that is from the get go to have yourself in that founder seat, um, and, decide what it is that you want and then look for people around you that have that and are creating that in a way that is sustainable and feels good for you because that's what I've done. I've looked at people around me who are creatives or artists or business people and they're running it in conjunction with having a family or travel or um, having three days off a week with their friends or partner or on their own, whatever it might be. All of those things are things that I really value. And even though I'm still deep in the healing of chronic fatigue, I know that when I'm well again and when I'm healed, that that will still be a core value for me. It's kind of been forced upon me, to be honest, with my health. Um, But, you know, I don't think that that's a bad thing. It's shown me a lot of really interesting things about myself and ways that I thrive. So yeah, I've covered quite a few things here, but I hope it's helpful for you to just even hear the example of someone like myself who perhaps you haven't heard a story like that before where, you know, a health crisis has led to a business. To me, I hear it a lot because I choose to surround myself with people who are very expansive for me. So they set that example for, um, yeah, doing things a different way. But I know that not everybody may even know that that's what they want yet. You might not know that that's the kind of situation you're in and you might be facing some kind of adversity of any kind and, you know, wanting to turn that into a business. And for me, the business aspect was, like I said, having this business has been really amazing for my mental health. Yes, it's been stressful at times. And there's been times when I've had to just step back and focus on my, um, my wellness, but there's also been times where I've been really consumed by being unwell, that it's been the beacon of light that's given me connection with other people. It's given me purpose, which I think is incredibly important 
in our lives and it's given me creativity, my brain, something to focus on other than, you know, any difficult times that I would be going through and even to this day. And, you know, it's a fine line to not use it as a full-on distraction and a total coping mechanism, but I do think creativity and having some structure and having some purpose definitely brings us back into ourselves and makes us more grounded to get through the more difficult times that can feel otherwise all consuming. So I hope that's been helpful. And yeah, I might do a few of these solo episodes just on things that you're wondering. And yeah, I definitely love hearing other people's stories. So if you have any questions, you can always DM me on Instagram. Um, I'm the only one that runs that account. So you'll always be talking to me or send an email via the website. And I would love if you did learn something from this conversation to drop it in the little review box below um, this episode so that I can see it and read it. And if you love hearing from me, if you could subscribe and share, that would be incredible. That basically allows my podcast to be seen more by more people, which is, you know, at the end of the day, that is what I hope is that I can reach more and more people with the intention of sharing my story and sharing other people's incredible stories. And if there's anyone you want to hear on the podcast as well, let me know and I'll do my best to see if I can have them on or a certain topic um, that you'd like to hear about as well. So I'll wrap it up there. There was a lot that I could have said that, um, you know, everything's kind of summed up from a long, long story, but Again, I hope you enjoyed it and have a beautiful day and I will talk to you all again soon.